Veterans with Benefits is brought to you by VetShu, the newest product from the Wuhan Cooperative to treat men with ED. Let's face it, fellas, ED happens to the best of us. You could talk to a licensed physician over the phone or online on the interwebs. No more awkward in-person doctor visits telling a complete stranger your dick isn't working. It ships direct to your house in a complete, non-discreet box. When your neighbors see this box, they're going to know what's inside. There's a giant penis on the front of it surfing down a volcano. Your ED problems are going to be a thing of the past. So go to VetChew.org. Veterans with Benefits listeners using code VWB at checkout will get 7% off their order. VWB is also brought to you by Guidolinos, the first cereal made for Italians. It comes in three delicious flavors, cannoli, biscotti, and lasagna. And every box comes with a special prize, a gold chain and an anger issue. This cereal is so good you're going to want to put on a velvet jumpsuit and whack your neighbor. So go to guidolinos.org for box options and delivery fees. Guidolinos, hey, you're eating here. And now for a special VWB PSA. If you or anyone you know is struggling with depression, anxiety, or addiction, help is as easy as a phone call. Don't be an asshole and think, hey, it's not my problem. Be a bro. Reach out. I know some of you might be thinking, Roll, you're the man. How do you know about addiction? Motherfucker, please. Those psychos at Oreos come out with a new flavor every week. I know the struggle. But for real, check out the website, VeteranCrisisLine.net, or call 1-800-273-8255. Thanks, and enjoy the show. And now, for the man to which I would never exist without, the host of Veterans with Benefits, my dad, and your favorite veteran, Rolls Burbeck. <clears throat> All right, there you are. Hey, Johnny. Yeah, I got you, dude. Right. I'm, dude. I'm so stupid. I was, um, I was talking to a friend of mine who I'm interviewing after you, and I'm texting him what I was gonna ask you. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, give me your email, you know. I'm, you know, I'm sorry we broke. I'm sorry we broke up. And uh, he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, fuck. I'm I'm texting the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. We're here. All right, dude. So uh, just do a re re a uh, little recap. Like, um, you know, give me where you started and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We'll recap. So, um, my name is Danny. <laughs> Uh, I was born in, uh, didn't live there very long, moved to Washington state after that, graduated high school there, joined from there, joined the air force from there, 2006, uh, Lake and Heath in England was my first duty station. Uh, you lucky bastard. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, deployed out of there my first two times, then PCS over to Hill in 2011 and I've been there for the last 10 years. Uh, I went to Korea in 16 and 17 and came, went back to Hill. So I kind of had a break in between and went back over there. Oh and dude, then, you were in Korea a year after I was there. Oh yeah. I was in the fifth over at Osan. 
16 uh, uh, you're bougie, dude. You were in Osan. Come on, yeah, man. We, we were chilling, man. I uh, was in Kuts- I was in Kunsan, dude. I've only been to Kunsan. We went TSP like for a six month, and I don't list that on like when I say deployments because it was Kunsan for six months. So it's like a TDY down there. No, anytime we saw somebody from Osan go to Kunsan, we thought you re- they were getting punished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it was like going to Osan uh, for us was like a treat. It was like yeah, going to Ve- yeah. it was like going to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good time out there. I was in the fifth, so it's the reconnaissance squadron out there. So like we were ACC, we weren't PAF, so we didn't play in exercises either at all. Yeah. So it was yeah. a it was a chill time. You know what the um. The, the one thing I always tell people, like especially my civilian friends um, about Korea, is the year I spent there, and I don't know if it's the same for you, bro, I never saw one homeless person there. No. No. I haven't either. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I, I hadn't ever. I mean, if you add up all the time I've been over in Korea, it's been like two and a half years and i'll kind of get into that in a sec but but yeah it's like i there's no homeless people there i mean i'm in japan now i think there's one homeless dude but he like definitely chooses to be on the side of the road sometimes but yeah i mean like i remember being in you know in Kadena when you walk out the gate you know there's a bunch of people you know asking for money but they might not be homeless they might just be like you know knowing that we have money so they're just trying to get a couple bucks out of us yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't, dude. I never saw that in Korea. See, and we went to China right before COVID happened, and it was the same thing over there. There's no homeless people over here. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. They don't, they don't let, they don't do the homeless thing. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like when seeing that, I was like, some countries got this shit figured out. Maybe they don't have other things figured out, but at least they're not fucking letting their people live on the streets. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about image over here. Yeah. So, um, what job did you get stuck with when you joined the military? Uh, yeah. So I'm aerospace ground equipment. So age out on the flight. Um, <clears throat> I kind of haven't. I'm gonna get shit for anyone who's ever worked with me who hears this, but I haven't really turned a wrench for a long time. I've I had a good career in that sense and stuff because i went to qa fairly early as a staff and went back to the flight after qa for just a couple months then i went to the fighter wing i was the exec up there i went to korea and i was the age section chief there was only 12 people i was a tech at the time so i kind of stopped turning wrenches a long time ago in my career so Um, were you uh were you a fast burner no, not really. It's just the positions I held. So I made staff my first time. I stayed a staff forever. I stayed a staff from 2011. No, I guess it wasn't that long. 2011 to 2016. So five years. And then I made master. That's, that's not that bad. No, it's not. It's not. I made master my second try. Should have been my first because I missed it by one point. Um. And that was avoidable, but 
but it's all good. I believe, you know, everything happens in time when it's supposed to happen, you know? So when um when you took your ass fab, did they just uh, say, uh, here's a wrench? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the whole, the whole way I joined and everything, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, in our first attempt at this, we kind of talked about, I didn't have a reason to join the military. I was just kind of didn't have anything going on. Uh, my family didn't have the greatest means, and so it's just I wanted to get out and do something. And I just, like, I was driving to my first day of college, and I just hit the blinker and drove in there and was like, hey, I'm recruiting myself, and got recruited there. And when it came to the job, I was just I was just going through motions, man. Like, I don't even know if I read everything on the ASVAB. I was, like, literally just like, hurry up get this over with like let's do what do we have to do next you know so i wasn't paying attention yeah luckily um the way we promote is fairly easy for me because i can study and study and study and pass a test and not retain anything from the study material and just pass a test you know Uh, i'm the exact opposite yeah yeah i I don't i can study and study and study and i'm not gonna remember yeah, I can remember stuff for a test, man. I can test really well. It's just, thing is, I'm not retaining any of it. I'm remembering it for the test, you know? Um, yeah. Now, now we're all um, records and stuff. And like I said, I've, I've worked a couple jobs. I have a pretty good record. So, well, I'm going to keep doing what I have to do to, to keep progressing. So, I've been in for 15. Um, so, we'll see if I've got five years left or 15 more if I happen to make senior in chief um but it's kind of i kind of leave it up to fate you know what i mean um yeah so and i'm a i'm actually a, people who work for me kind of get tired of me saying that when when promotions come out and they're not on that list and it's like you're exactly where you need to be when you need to be there you know and i i wholeheartedly believe in it you know yeah. So if if senior chief come along, I'm I'm in it until I get kicked out. You know what I mean? I mean we get we kind of started the same way because I did the exact same thing. I was like, you know what? I won out of my situation. I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want anyone t- um, talking me out of it. Yeah. See, I like, did exactly the same. Yep. Like, dude, to the point where, and I, I've told this story a couple times on a couple of different episodes. To the point where my mom didn't know where I was. And she called the fucking Red Cross while I was in boot camp. Oh, what? Yeah, looking for me. Oh, you're nuts. <laughs> I, dude, I got chewed out so bad because I thought someone died when my TI was like, hey, you have a phone call. I'm like, who the fuck is calling me in San Antonio? Holy shit. And, you know, I'm from New Jersey. So, I'm, you know, my mom is that typical, you know, uh, Jersey mom. Roll, where are you? I don't know where you are. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, mom. I was like, I was like, I gotta hang up, you know, because my TI's like standing right there. And once he figured out what was going on, the look in his eyes was like, You're dead. He's like, I made you get, uh, you know, I had to stop everything so you can get this phone call for something like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you're, you're wild. Okay, at least I told them I was leaving. Yeah, you know what? Because like, um, I mean, I have a, I have an older sister and a younger brother that were uh, also in the uh, military, but we didn't grow up around a military base. Like, no one are, 
there was no there was no um military um influence on us yeah yeah we all kind of just picked it at random oh that's legit because you know like there was college wasn't in my future i i knew i wasn't going to go to college you know i'm smart but i'm not smart enough to like sit there in a classroom and you know do that I just, I just can't. I got dogged out my whole career because I never took classes. Yeah, see, and that's that's where I struggle being, being in the position I'm in now. Like one of the big things I kind of harp on is education, education, education. And I mean, to be honest, I have I have my CCAF, and that's it. And I'm always harping on people like go to school, you know. And I ask someone. You know, what are you doing right now? What are you doing for school and all that? And I'm I'm always asking people that. And I need to get on it too, but I'm telling you, I'm I'm a good example of someone who I'm here because I don't like school and I'm I'm gonna go as long in my career as I can. Hopefully I retire, you know, as me and I or something on no bachelor's degree. If if it can happen I'm gonna do it. Because I, I just I, I just had someone on the show that uh is a staff and he's been in for uh i think i want to say like uh i think 11 years and in the episode i'm trying to convince this guy i was like dude retires a staff you'll be a legend I was like, <laughs> since, yeah man <laughs> since they got rid of the uh higher tenure i'm like bro just go out just go out as an e5 <laughs> dude and you know what see okay here's a couple things i'm gonna hit a couple points right here so first off i know how amazingly blue air force i'm gonna sound right now but i wholeheartedly believe in it so i guess this is i am amazingly air force but we need people like that we need good hard workers who aren't going to play the game because like he's going to be so much more valuable out there teaching the young guys more than i'm going to be because i can't get out from behind my fucking desk you know yeah so we need people like that. I hope he stays. I hope he does do that. Yeah, so do I. He was telling me, he's like, he's like, no, man, I got to make tech. I'm like, fuck tech, dude. Just make staff. Just stay a staff. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you because I've known plenty of people who just, because for us, for my career field, a staff starting, you're out there turning wrenches, you know? You're in oh, yeah. with, with the younger dudes. And, I mean, that'd be great. 20 years experience on wrenches like that's invaluable you know what i'm saying yeah so uh let's um reverse a little bit uh what was boot camp like for you uh boot camp for me i don't know man it was a good time we oh, had really i'm telling you we i've been in like every every team or class i've ever been in has been like fuck us you know so yeah. like like we, we almost all got kicked out in basic because we were running down the stairs with our sister fight, and once we got to where we were lining up, one of them, one of the girls said, "Some dude touched her," and she turned around, and three other of us were standing there, and you know they were like, "Okay, who did that?" And no one was saying anything, so they did the whole like pull us in the blue roping the commander and they were they were serious like she's saying this happened if you guys aren't gonna like rat on each other you're all going home like we're kicking you out because it's a sexual assault you know yeah it was crazy and like 
ended up being she was lying. She just wanted to go home. Weird. Like, that's a weird thing. Why don't you just go tell them you want to leave, you know? And, and, so. and dude, like, and for you, even though you don't want to raise your hand, you're going to be like, it's definitely not me, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> so, oh, man. And, and the thing is, like, this was before Don't Ask, Don't Tell as well, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to announce because of me. You know what I mean? But it's like, fuck, dude, who touched her? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway. because you can't, because in your situation, it's not even like, even if you raised your hand to not like to like try to dry snitch, they're going to be like, <laughs> why wasn't it you? Uh, it just wasn't, bro. <laughs> I just believe me. Like, <laughs> believe me, it wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, it was, I mean, Every group I've been in, tech school was kind of the same. We were lined up in the hallway in tech school, and we could hear two instructors arguing as to, like, who was going to teach us. So I don't know, man. Like, every group I've ever been in has just been, like, we have a good time. We get really close. We have a lot of fun, but we suck. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't my, – my, my basic training flight, we didn't have a sister flight. So uh, to be honest, um, we didn't, like – even our brother flight, like we didn't, I don't, we didn't have a, we didn't have a female flight around this at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I honestly, we didn't see a female until I got to tech school. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's where I got in trouble. Like, um, yeah, that's wild. We had two female TIs who kind of rotated out and we had two male TIs too. We, I'm telling you, I don't. My upbringing at first was kind of crazy because I didn't know who my mom or dad were the whole time we were coming up. And like then, when you were like when you were a kid, no, no, I mean like in the Air Force. Like oh I, my god! I didn't shit. have like a set TI. I didn't have set instructors in tech school. I'm telling you, no one wanted to teach us. It was like we were like redheaded stepchildren in the Air Force until I got to my first duty station. Well, you know what, dude? I think I think that's because a lot of um age and crew chiefs i think they get that uh that opinion on everybody yeah yeah i'll tell you on that we're because i you know i was in the maintenance field too but we we were like we were in the uh fabrication flight yeah so we were really the right-headed stepchilds of, of the of the uh <laughs> of the maintenance squadron yeah yeah you guys are always out there way on your own and everything yeah yep yeah so, so okay. yeah. So after basic, um, you said you went to uh, Hill, went right? To, well, I went to Lake and Heath. Did my first oh, time yeah. there. Um, out there. So that was, man. I hated Lake and Heath, and I loved it. Um, it's where I got into my first real trouble. So, like, I was in. I mean, so were you before? Don't ask, don't tell was repealed. And, I mean, I kind of, you got to be who you are, you know? And I kept things under wraps and secret and all that for as long as possible. Um, but I actually, you know, just getting to know people and just, like I said, like being who you are, you know, people would like find out about me or whatever. I would tell people, you know, my friends and whatnot. Everyone knew who I was. Um, we actually had a kid. So he had gotten there, and he had some really bad mental health issues. He was, uh, 
and I'm I'm not I'm not making fun of them. So anyone anyone who hears this and whatnot might hear some undertones, but I'm not. I'm genuinely not making fun of them. I'm actually married to a psychologist, so <laughs> I don't mess around with mental health. But he was seeing seeing sounds and smelling colors, and like legitimately, I guess, and couldn't figure it out. And he was going to mental health often, and uh, it was. It was widely known in our flight to where it was kind of like a, oh, hey, uh, we'll just call him, we'll call him Teddy. Hey, Teddy uh, had an incident or an episode, so just be there for him. And if he reaches out to you, like, be a shoulder for him. So he was, like, going through it, you know. And so I was, I kind of took him under my wing. I was a senior airman at the time. And, you know, we were working together a lot. And one day we were talking, and he's like, Danny, I want to go. He's like, where do you want to go? You know, he's like, I, I don't want to be here. If I if I can't deploy, I can't serve my country, I don't want to be here. And so I went to the section chief, and I'm like, hey, this dude's, like, serious about leaving. And I'm just a senior airman, you know, I don't know, I don't know everything that I do now. And it's like, I don't know how to help this kid. I just would train him at work and stuff. And so anyway, one night, it was Christmas party night. It was crazy. Um, the chief and his girlfriend, he's retired now, and I won't say his name, so it's no big deal. The chief and his girlfriend uh, legitimately asked me to go to their house with them to hang out and have some fun. And, like, dude, I, I should have oh. done it. I should have oh, no. Yeah, I should have done it. Like, I fucking should have done that. And like I'm not kidding, I was like hugging the chief's girlfriend all night, and he was like, "Hey, so if you want, you can come back with us." Holy shit! <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And everybody was going back to my house though, because my house is like the party spot. So I told him, "I'm like, you know, everyone's going to my house. I can't, I can't leave them." So I go back to the house, and everyone's super wasted. Whatever, we all get drunk, and old boy who's got the the mental health issues we're out there talking and he confides in me that he could suck his own dick and (laughs) and i'm like oh i mean it's because you could tell when someone's like stressing about something and i'm like so what's going on you know like i'm your friend i'm here for you you know and he's like no you wouldn't understand this and i'm like i'm thinking dude's probably gay and he doesn't understand that I really do understand where he's coming from. So I tell him, like, hey, I'm I'm gay, man. You know, like, whatever you're going through, like, I guarantee you, like, I'm going to be understanding of it. I'm not going to judge you. And, yeah, that's when he tells me, like, yeah, okay, well, I can suck my own dick. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what, dude? That's why I love this show. Because, you know, the, out of, I have, I've interviewed over 50 people. <laughs> And that phrase has never came up. <laughs> so I love you for this. <laughs> oh, man. Wild, right? Wild. And and so here I am, like, I want to react, but I just gave him this fucking whole, like, I, whatever you tell me is going to be cool, you know? So, and- okay. So at this point, <laughs> right at this point right now in your career, is this the first person you told you were gay? No, so a couple, maybe two people, three people would have known. Okay. This is this is early. This is 2009, you know? So this was when, like, Don't Ask, Don't Tell, 
like the repeal was kind of starting, but it was still there, you know? So yeah, I was still being real sneaky about it. You know, I wasn't telling nobody. It was real hush hush. So like, I just tell this dude, you know? And so he tells me that and I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm like, that doesn't make you gay. And then he's like, I'm not weird about being gay. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. You know, like I'm, I'm trying to help him and I don't know. And you know, whatever we go back inside, party dies down. Everyone goes to sleep. Kosher. Uh, wake up in the morning. Whoever's still left over, we make breakfast, normal routine, like kind of hang out a little bit. Everyone goes home Sunday chilling out hungover you know go back to work monday and it's like hey uh teddy had another incident and i'm like man you i think i probably know like why he's freaking out because i'm thinking he's freaking out because he told me that he could suck his dick you know yeah and so i text him and i text our other friend who's with him at the hospital i'm like hey i hope he's doing good and then our other buddy's like, shit, nobody knows, do they? And I said, no, what's up? And he said, shit's about to go down. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, that's ominous, you know? So then uh, all of us get called up to the flight chief office. And the flight chief's like, you, 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 and you have a no-contact order with Teddy. We're moving you sections. We're moving you shifts. You are never to contact him. And we're like... Hey, what's going on? Because we were just with him Saturday and everything was normal. Like, what the fuck is happening? So, old Teddy's ass went in. First off, he said that Jesus visited him on Sunday night. And told him that he needs to tell the truth. And a lot of people are being hurt. And he needs to be the one that fixes it. Jesus himself told him that in his dorm room. Um, that in, we, in his dorm room while he was sucking his own dick, probably yeah. You know, Jesus <laughs> was like, "Hey, stop!" for like ten minutes, bro. <laughs> fucking, that that we uh, were all playing gay chicken, uh, and it was like a constant thing. All the dudes in the shop were playing gay chicken. We touched each other's dicks, dude. We were yo, we were in the maintenance field. Everybody played gay chicken. It was like this, and then particularly me, that night, he and I had had sex. And I'm like, I mean, clearly this was several weeks in the making, but this is what ended up happening, right? So that's what he had said. And so it sucked for me because it's like, no, that didn't happen. Okay, but your like friendly neighborhood gay guy is the one saying he didn't have sex with a guy. You know, it's like, yeah. So it was, it was fucking rough. And dude, I think the worst part about it all, he's still active duty. I won't say his name. He was a staff at the time. I was in the room. He was supposed to go to Afghanistan on a liaison job. So it was a one man spot. He was supposed to leave Wednesday. On Tuesday, he had to call his wife. And tell her, like, hey, I'm not deploying. I got pulled off the deployment. I don't know what's going to happen. I might be in trouble. But I didn't do anything wrong. And she kept pushing, like, what did you do? What's happening? What did you do? 
and he was like, I didn't do anything. And she kept pushing and he was like, gay chicken. We got in trouble for gay chicken. But I promise you, I never, and like fucking click, she hangs up. It was tough, dude. Like, it was super tough. Uh, to, I, I promise you, there's no reason for me to lie to you today. No one did any of that stuff. We weren't just holding on to each other. Like, the way he said it was happening was like we were like holding each other's dicks and like kissing. And well, my experience, yeah, like what we would do, you know, our version of gay chicken. And I'm pretty sure that's every, like, I've never heard a version of gay chicken where you're grabbing each other's dicks. Gay chicken to us was try to get your faces as close as possible to one of us, until one of you moves. Regular shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just like, like, yeah, I've had, I've seen two of my buddies touch lips (laughs) (laughs) just because they didn't want to lose. Yeah, not like actual hand jobs at work. Like that's not what was going on in the fucking break room. And so he ruined a lot of people's lives. You know what I'm saying? Like I I had the worst of it because I was the gay kid and it was believable, right? Because he and I had spent an hour alone outside talking about himself suck, but we weren't doing that. You know what I'm saying? And so like it was tough, man. There's There's probably – still a couple people in the air force who think that i did that with that kid you know because i'm there's no way for them to know and i don't blame them you know it is what it is so that's actually kind of my first like almost coming out experience to my parents because at the time the commander was like hey you probably have about two weeks and you're out of here so i had to call my parents and tell them hey i've been in the air force for three four years and I'm coming home you know well I'm, I can't exactly keep that from them as to why you know yeah so okay so at that point you had not come out to your parents no 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 and you know I, I assured them and I, I didn't even say it to where it was like I didn't say it to where it was like I had any responsibility in it I still kept it kind of like I was straight because, I mean, you got to think the world in 2009. Yeah, it was yeah, more yeah. of this guy is saying that thing, but I promise you we didn't. Like, nothing like that happened. And it wasn't like a, a matter of, like, my sexuality coming up. It was like, there's this incident, and I didn't do it, you know? And so, okay. Also, I was going to say, I'll tell you what, dude. If I was that guy's supervisor, anytime he went somewhere, like, to the bathroom, I'm like, fuck, there he goes again, trying to suck his own dick. <laughs> well, nobody else. Okay, so here's the thing, though. I still didn't tell anybody. Like, until years later, I didn't tell anybody what he had told me. Oh, like, okay. I, I legit didn't. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't know, because... I mean, maybe it's because of, like, who I was back then and what I was going through. Like, maybe, I, like, I still had, like, I don't know, empathy toward and, him, I guess. And that's, a shit, and that's a shitty part because, like, you're put in that situation and you, as yourself, you're like, you know what? I'm no snitch. I got my own shit. I'm not going to fucking tell anybody you do this shit, you know? And then you're getting in fucking trouble for it. Dude, like, big trouble. I, I mean, I was about to get kicked out, you know? So it ends up. Ends up being he wanted out. He we were on a no drinking order. 
he kept drinking and going out to like the streets to get caught. They sent him to rehab because for some reason they can't stop drinking because he has an addiction. Then he like got his cousin pregnant. It was like this weird situation. God, and, like he was doing literally everything he could to get kicked out. And it ended up being, it came out later on thing with me and with us and everything was just him he thought throwing the thing in with me was okay here's a gay guy they're gonna believe it and don't ask don't tell like you're not allowed to have gay sex so if i say that we did i'm gonna get kicked out so it was all just part of his whole thing to get kicked out oh he was ready to sacrifice you yeah yeah and so that's what he was like everything he did for a year straight was just like let me go home and, like, he told me, he told me beforehand, like, I want to leave. I'm going to do everything I can. And he fucking did, dude. He did everything he could. So they finally, you know, they got it out of him. He came out with the truth and all that. And, but by the time that happened, I had already been, gone, you know, gone through the ringer with all that. And, yeah. like, they pushed me off to the side. They, they actually sent me to Corrosion. And I worked over there with them in that work center and painted a couple of 15s. Like, it was cool. You know, like, I had a good time. I was over working with the fab guys, you know, and it was a good time. But then once it all cleared up and I went back to the age flight and they're like, oh, hey, bro, like, how's life? And it's like, no, I don't you have my fucking back, you know? Yeah. I'm not. You're, you're, we're not cool. Like, I'm not your friend. And I don't know how it is. I don't know how it is in other uh, branches, but I know, you know, because I went through a lot. Of, I got through a lot of trouble. I mean, I got two Article 15s. Yeah. The the Air Force, dude, they eat their own. It's been – so that's the thing. Like, you got to think. I would – so that was the second hardest situation I've been in in my career, but it was early in my career. And so I've gone from – like literally being a pariah, right? So there was there was a couple tech sergeants and master sergeants back then who would be honest with me, who would be truthful, and who would talk to me. And <clears throat> the shop was split in half where it was like people believed me and people believed that we were really doing this or I had really done something wrong. And And I always hold that. I always think that and always believe like, I don't blame people for not knowing because if you're not there, you don't know what somebody did. So I don't blame people. You know what I mean? I'm not mad at people for believing it. It's just, they had to go with what they knew and you know what they thought could have happened. But, but it split everybody and it was really, and and like some of those techs and masters would tell me like, like there was one, he's retired now. I could say his name. (laughs) Alton Randall, he was a tech at the time, and I would go in there, and he would come to me, and he would say, hey, there's this person and this person, and them being flight chief, assistant flight chief kind of people, and he would say, you don't trust them, and he would walk away from me, and I would know from that point, like, I'm not going to that dude, because he doesn't have my best interest, you know? Yeah. I was the troublemaker gay kid to him, you know? No, that's true. It sucked, man, and so... Hill, actually, I didn't want Hill. I didn't want any. So what was going to happen is I ended up making staff that year during all of this. I made staff. 
And as soon as I came back to the flight, they there was this feeling of like, hey, we're sorry. Like if somebody could have like baked me a cookie, you know what I'm saying? It was like, hey, back to work, you know? Yeah. And so like I went to, we had a new senior. I went to his office and he was like, what do you want? And I was like, I want to get out of here. I don't want to be at Lake Neath anymore. Like fuck this place, you know? Like I have some good friends here, but I was just put through hell for no reason. And so he hooked it up and he like he called the functional and the functional was like, What do you want? And I said, I want the I want the West Coast, you know. I grew up in California and Washington. He said the best I have is Utah. So I was like, the fuck? Okay. <laughs> so yeah. I took it and I was there for I mean, I've been there for a long time and then then you know, I went to QA, kinda of turned things around, uh, went to QA, went to the fighter wing. Had an incentive flight in F-16, like, going great. Like, turned it around, used that situation as, like, fuel, you know, to, like, do better. Kind of didn't want to be in that situation ever again. Like, did really well. And sure enough, I so I go to Korea, and I make friends with uh, this dude. Uh, so this guy is in jail right now. Uh, his name is Anthony Harris. He was a master sergeant at the time. He was the uh, enlisted aide to the three-star general uh, over in PACAF. And so I was in the fifth, like we talked about. Um, I just met him randomly. Like, we were just uh, we friends to, friends of friends or something. And so he was really gay. And, you know, for me coming from the exec working at the wing, we kind of just hit it off, like – like career driven and kind of had the same values and whatnot so he seemed cool well turns out this dude every person that i would bring to party at his house like anybody we we friends would bring people to his house because he was a master and he had a, a bigger place he was getting people like super drunk and when everyone else would leave he would pick someone and he would rape them god damn and this was happening the whole time I was in Korea, and I didn't know until the one and only night got drunk enough to fall asleep there. So I fell asleep on the couch. <clears throat> I wake up, and this is actually the first, the, well, now it's the second time. I've told this story in public one other time. Um, so I wake up, and I've got to throw up. Like, I run, run to the bathroom i like turn the shower on i get in the cold shower i'm like on my hands and knees in the shower throwing up like it's a bad one like i don't know what i drank i feel like i'm drugged you know what i mean like like my lower back hurt i was throwing up so bad you know what i'm saying yeah and i get out and this other dude who's there is like hey like we're in the other room you know so i come out and he opens the door to the other room and there's this dude, Anthony, who's my friend, right? This master sergeant. He's laying on top of this other kid. Like, I say kid. He's like an A1C senior in that time. And this dude is, like, passed out. Not moving, passed out. Not reciprocating. Not talking. Just, like, laying there. And I'm telling you, man, I was super drunk. And I don't know if I sat there, like I said, watching for, like, 
30 seconds or 30 minutes. It was just in my head of like, you got to do something. You got to do something. You got to do something. But I'm like super drunk, you know? And so I do. I go over and I like kneel down and I ask the kid like, are you okay? And he says, no, I'm not. So I said, get up. And he gets up. And I tell him, like, put your clothes on. And, like, they start putting their clothes on and stuff. And this dude, my my friend at the time, he looks at me and he's fucking pissed. He's like, what the fuck, Danny? And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You know, like, what the hell? So yeah, I walk that. It's Bill I, Cosby and somebody. Yeah, you know. So I walk him home. I walk the kid home. And the next day, you know. I talked to him and I'm like, he, he comes to me and he's like, Hey, what the hell was that? You know, nobody was doing anything they didn't want to do. And I was like, look, dude, kid was fucking wasted. And if he wants to do that with you, you can do it again tonight when he, you know what I mean? Like you have get with him again. Like if he wants that, then you're not going to have issue like hooking up with him, but you weren't going to do it last night, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I let it go. Cause I think like, drunk you know things happen when people are drunk i don't think it's an intentional thing i think like maybe because i didn't know about any of the other people you know maybe like he read the room wrong and thought this kid was into it whatever so then like a month later this is summertime in, in korea 2017 um a good girlfriend of mine calls me on a thursday morning bawling her eyes out five in the morning and I'm the I'm the shirt at the time. Our our first sergeant was on his uh, mid tour at home, so she's bawling and she's like, "I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do." So she was up there in the same room, at the same dude's house, with another underage kid. And guess what happened? She walks in the room and he's laying, or no, he had carried that kid into the, his room, had his pants down. And she got up and walked in to turn the light on. And same thing. She's like, what the fuck is happening? And old boy, Anthony, says, you know, I fucked up. I'm sorry. She picks up this kid, takes him to his own room, just like I did. And she calls me and she's bawling her eyes out, you know? So this was a month after that had happened with me. So now clearly, it's not an accident. He knows what's going on. And... I'm the acting shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not letting any of this go now. So I actually started the OSI investigation. And, dude, that was that was super hard to do. Because even though, even though he's in jail now and I know everything that happened and stuff, it was still such a hard decision because he was a good friend of mine. You know? Yeah. And it was like, what the hell? How did I not see this? Like, how many people has he done it to? You know? Well, so, dude, some people just can't help it. Some people, like, I've seen I've seen guys in my career do that, like that self destruction. They can't stop. So if you didn't, dude, if you didn't stop them or she didn't stop them, someone was gonna somewhere down the line. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Wait till you hear this. So, so in the investigation, OSI tells me, like I'm in there as a witness, right? They tell me that I was sexually assaulted. So in the time where I had passed out before I woke up to throw up. I was sexually assaulted in that room. Jesus. Also, so now I'm a witness to a sexual assault. I'm a victim. Also, 
they're saying that everybody who was in the room sexually assaulted the one kid that I helped. So including myself, everybody who was there sexually assaulted him, had a hand in it. And I'm like, I'm the one who saved him. You know, cause it was kind of like, no, 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 you're getting that wrong. I'm the one who saved him. Like, I stopped it. No, no, Dan, you did it. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I stopped it. You know, and thus began the second sexual assault slash, like, because the first one wasn't a sexual assault. It was just, like, homophobic behavior or homosexual behavior. This one was, like, a sexual assault. So, like, no shit. Sexual assault victim, witness, and perpetrator in the same night. And, like, I'm I'm sitting in there in the OSI office, like, are you kidding me right now? Like, I fucking helped that kid. Like, if it wasn't for me, he would have been raped. Yeah. And so, yeah, dude, that was, like, I ended up being on admin hold and staying in Korea longer than I was supposed to. And it was, like, it was a long, arduous, like, that was a full-on real investigation. I had to go to court a couple of times uh, to testify against that dude. Now, do you feel like because I mean I don't know if at that point they know you're gay, but yes. do you feel like you know so, they were they were using that against you? Two things. So I do have a congressional complaint in right now, um, based on my questioning, because my questioning, the the video that came out, is different than the way my actual questioning went. So somebody in some office somewhere in OSI reviewing that realized, oh, the way we did that was fucked, right? Because we talked for two hours, then they read me my rights, then we talked for another two hours. The way the videos lined up, they read me my rights right when I get in the room. That's absolutely not what happened because there's no way I would have been so like cool and relaxed and laughing. I'm like laughing throughout the whole thing. And, like, just hanging out. Because I'm in there as the good guy, you know? Like, there's nothing. There's no, like, inkling that anything was wrong. I had no idea that anything was wrong. Like, I was chilling in there. So, it's like, I have a congressional complaint in there to look into that situation. Because I'm not kidding you. It was kind of like a setup. It was weird, man. It feels like a setup. In that questioning, though, like, we're talking about it. And he's like, okay, so would you suck his dick? And I'm like, dude, I never sucked that guy's dick. Like, I was alone. I went in there. They were going to rape him, and I stopped it. And he was like, yeah, but aren't you married? I said, yeah. And he's like, you're married to a guy, right? Yeah. And he was like, so don't you suck his dick? Oh, my God. What an asshole. I look over at the other guy, the other um, agent. And he kind of gives me the same, like, surprise, like, what the fuck did he just say? You know? Like, the two of us stop and look at him. And then he kind of realizes and he stops and he's like, uh, I mean, what I'm saying is, you know, and it's like, I know what you're saying. You know, you're saying I did it because I'm gay. But that wasn't even like, that wasn't it. That wasn't the point. Like, yeah, that was kind of, that was discriminatory what he had said. But the point is... As soon as he said that, I realized there's so many people involved in this case 
So these things, anybody who's been involved in like a sexual assault case and like court case, court martial, things go up to three-star general, right? Like decisions. Uh, Article 32 hearing has like a separate judge, separate lawyers, uh, you know, everybody involved, the whole legal office, all that. What I did realize when he had said that is like most people from here into the end of this thing are going to be straight males. Like, let's just be honest. Most people are going to be straight males. Most people are going to look at this situation and see great dude saying gay guys sexually assaulted him. I have such an uphill fucking battle right now. Yeah. Because, and to, dude, and when, you, when you're telling this story, to me, it's like, okay, it's hard enough for you just to be in the military, you know, and at one point you're hiding it. And then, you know, you're, and then, then you, you're out. And when you're out, you're like, okay, I'm out. I'm in the clear. Then you're getting fucking, you know, you're getting like a Salem, Salem witch trial, dude. <laughs> just yeah, for the it, fact, just for the fact that you are gay. So they're just pointing at you. It was so, and then the thing is, so when you're under investigation, you are allowed to see everything they have against you, right? Like all the evidence against you. So I got everything. I saw everything they had against me. First off, there was nothing. But second, he never said my name. Like the the quote-unquote victim never said I did anything to him. So it's like, where did these OSI guys come up with? Because you could see it in his first first, uh, questioning when he went in there and reported. He never said I did anything to him. And they kept inferring it, like, oh, okay, then they all they all did something, right? And he's like, no, I don't think they all did it. I know so-and-so did it. And they were like, yeah, but you were all pretty drunk. You wouldn't know if all of them did it. And he was like, I mean, I guess not. And so the dude was like, so, yeah, you, pretty much what you're saying is this guy, this guy, Danny could have been involved. They could have touched you could have assaulted you and you wouldn't know because you were so drunk and he said yeah they could have that's a possibility and now i'm in it and it's like he never said that i did anything and like osi is who drug me in so that's what i'm saying when i say like i have a congressional complaint in right now it's not just like me being like i was innocent and i went through an investigation because honestly i'm glad i was investigated in the sense of like they need to take it seriously because people were actually hurt but the way they went about it and the way they drug me in was super fucking discriminatory, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it ended up being after all was said and done, uh, all the court case trials and all that kind of junk, uh, old boy Anthony had 12 victims over the last 10 years. Uh, most of and that's just what we know of. Um, most of them, like, dude, think about it, like, yeah, you're a good example. You're out of the military. You have a family. You know, say 10 years ago, you think a dude might have sexually assaulted you. And now the military is calling you like, hey, do you want to fly to Korea to testify in a court case? No. Yeah. You know, fuck no. like people aren't doing that. So a lot of the victims were out, had families gone far removed from the military where it's like, no, I'm not going out and doing that. So. On one hand, I wish people would have because he would have gotten more jail time. 
but on the other, like, you can't blame him for not wanting to be involved in all that, you know? Yeah. So he's in jail now. He's got seven years. It was the most we could get him. Uh, he's a dick. <laughs> it kind of, <laughs> yeah, man. It sucked because I was the acting shirt at the time when this went down. And I PCS'd. Well, so I was on admin hold. I did an expedited transfer to go back to Hill because, like I said earlier, I was a victim of sexual assault. So I had, like, I don't know if you've heard of expedited transfer. Um, yeah, I have. Okay, okay. So, yeah, it was like, dude, I don't want to sit here in Korea longer. I was supposed to be at Kadena, actually. And, you know, I went to my supervision and I was like, look, I don't want to be here any longer than I am. It's been like a year and six months. My marriage is like falling apart because you got to think like my husband was in the States. He didn't know if I did anything wrong either, you know, because it's got him like, dude, what did you do? You know, and it's like, I need to be back in the States. I need to like be with family and get things together and stuff. So I went back to Hill it ran its gamut. It never, I went to an article 32 and it went out to the general. I was found innocent. Didn't even go to trial. It was clear as day that I didn't do anything wrong. Um, and then maybe two weeks after I was cleared, I actually got a, <coughs> a letter from, and I do quotations from the victim um, stating like, yeah, Danny was never involved in this. Danny was good. Danny helped me. If it wasn't for him, I would have been assaulted. And it's like, dude, that letter would have been real fucking good a year ago. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying, man. Like, a lot of times, especially now, like, as I just PCS'd, and it's like, uh, that Master Sergeant new guy is so blue, and he's so, like, I, I guarantee you people think that about me, and it's like, He's so ate up and like just all so Air Force, you know? And I, I am because in those situations, there were people always higher ranking than me, my mentors, who were there for me. You know, like when I worked at the fighter wing, I worked under a couple chiefs, a couple colonels, uh, now retired. And then one of the colonels, uh, General Lyons, he's a two star now, still active. Like, these people were there for me. Like, I wanted to leave. You know what I mean? I wanted to take the early out when you're in that situation. Because, dude, even if you're innocent, when you're fighting the government, like, even if they're wrong, that's a big hammer. Yeah, yeah. You're, You're looked at totally different. It's scary, man. And it's like people get falsely convicted. And I didn't do anything. But what I know of myself, what I know that's in my heart and I wouldn't do to someone doesn't matter in law. So like, I could be on the sex offender registry. I could be in jail right now. Could have lost my career. Like, All of that is huge. And it does make you question. It made me like, I wanted to quit. Because they have like, hey, if you just leave the military and don't take any benefits you can just leave and not do that and not do a court martial and stuff and it's like because i'm telling you that it's it's a scary situation man and it's like you weigh it and it makes you question yourself and even today like dude like okay so since then you know i went to hill i made master 
I was in the assistant flight chief position for the last year. I'm solid. You know, like my husband and I make good money. I don't want for anything. I'm in the Air Force because I want to take care of people. I don't necessarily love the mission, but I love the people. And yeah. and I do struggle in some situations because I want to be able to stand up and say, do the right thing no matter what. But can I really say that with the career that I've had? You know, it's like, because I did the right thing and I helped that kid out, he would have been raped. But you know what would have, been, would have been a lot easier for me? If I left and I went to my room and I let whatever happened to him happen to him. And I would have never been involved in that court case. There wouldn't even have been a court case because I started it. That dude would still be going around the Air Force raping people. I would have been a master two years ago. I'd be going for senior now. You know, and it's like, like I would have been in Kadena years ago. My life would have just been way different. And that's the thing that I go back and forth with is like, I have to stand up and tell people to do the right thing no matter what. But look how bad it fucked my life up. You know what, you know? dude? <clears throat> After hearing this, bro, you're the gay Captain America. <laughs> you, st- you stood your ground. You did what you had to do. You came out clean. I did. I did. They tried you know, burning your ass. And so it's like, like I said, if if I stay in and I do this thing and I make senior and I make chief, I think I'll have, I mean, I already have a different perspective than most people in the Air Force. Uh, I'm the only gay senior NCO I know in my career field. Well, look, I know, hey, bro, I'm going to tell you something now. Because you're not going to realize this till you get out. But when you get out, all those perceptions of everybody you ever knew that especially were negative, they're going to forget you in a blink of an eye. And all this other shit, it's going to take you. It's going to take you a while. It's like it's a weird transition when you get out, especially you're you know, you're going to be doing maybe 20 plus years. So you're going to be totally indoctrinated. But that stuff's slowly going to start melting away, especially the negative shit. Yeah. And, all the yeah. Po- and you're going to just remember the positive shit. So, like, when you guys are looking back, like, when you and your husband are just chilling on the porch looking back, you, you're going to remember the bullshit. But the better stuff is what's going to – it's what's more, especially yeah. when you get out. Yeah. Because I'm I, telling you, getting out is, like, it's fucking – it's freaky, dude. I only did 12 – but it takes a while to get back to like a normal person. Exactly. For that brainwash. Yeah. So like I'm telling you, your he's your husband is going to have to help you a lot Yeah. because, you know, like being a spouse, he's going to know a little bit more. He's going to know some stuff, you know, especially, you know, being a military spouse, Yeah. but he's just, he's been a civilian the whole time. So, I'm telling you, you're going to remember me saying this and you're going to be like, okay, yeah, this shit is melting away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, it's like, I don't, like I said earlier, and I don't know if it was in our first attempt or if I said it in this one. um, I I really do believe like you're where you're you're supposed to be at when you're not supposed to be there, you know? And it's like, I'm here. I'm going to do the best that I can and just see where it takes me. If I decide to retire at 20, then I decide to retire at 20. Like, 
I'm just here for fun. I'm here for the ride, you know? Hey, so real quick, because I got some more stuff to ask you. Yeah. So in these sessions, it's going to cut us off at 60 minutes. Oh, shit. So, yeah. so let me let me cut it off now, and I'll just email you right back. Okay. And uh, we'll do a couple more minutes. Because okay. we're, we're at 57 right now. And for okay. some reason, I don't know why this app, like, it cuts, it cuts, it, when it hits 60 minutes, it cuts the session off. All right. Sounds good. So I'm going to, I'll email you back right now. Okay. All right, dude. <clears throat> okay, there you go. Hey, I'm here, bro. So I wanted to ask you something. So, uh, you know, now that it's 2021, um, you know, and you're, you're, you know, you're considered an old head. Do you look at some of these guys like, you know, because now you can openly be gay, not like some of these, like, you know, like young kids that are coming in. Do you do you come from the side of like that, that salty old vet? Like, man, motherfucker, I had to hide so much shit when I came in. You guys get it easy. You know, it's just kind of. All right. I was just saying this the other day, my, my feedback, actually, with my boss, I was just saying this. The, the way I am, the way I carry myself, like you, you can ask Sharky about me. Um, well, I'm sure I'm the most flamboyant person some people know, but really, a lot of people when they find out are surprised, right? Well, dude, you don't. I mean, to me, I mean, I don't think I have any kind of gaydar really. But if we were to, <laughs> if dude, if Sharky hadn't told me, and well, only because I was asking because I've gotten, you know, through since I started this podcast. Your story has the only one I've not I've never gotten. Gotcha, I've had gotcha. I've had um I've had a couple lesbians on, but I've yeah. never gotten the side of the story of a gay guy. So I was yeah, like I yeah. I was like I want that experience. I want to hear that experience. Yeah, yeah. So a couple things of that. So I feel that that's another reason why I stayed is. I remember what it was like to be alone and to be a senior NCO now, like I don't exude gayness and people are surprised when they find out, but well, I get, yeah, and I feel like, if, dude, if we met in person, I don't, I don't think I would have thought of that. A lot of people don't, people get surprised. I see people's eyes like lighten up when I tell them. Well, you know what? And I, hopefully this, this doesn't sound shitty. But you don't have that voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that for sure. Gay voice. <laughs> but like, I can I can tell when an airman finds out. Like, I know who's gay and who's not airman wise, and how their attitude changes towards me once they find out. And like, that's a good thing. And it's something that I didn't have, you know. And I mean, you can't necessarily make fun of the gay kid if your boss is gay. You know what I'm saying? And so so for them, they kind of have a leg up compared to what I had, you know? Like, I had to fight through it. In some ways, in a lot of ways, I'm sure it made me stronger in, like, my personality and, like, the way I carry myself, my sense of self-worth and stuff because it's, like, not necessarily nobody can touch me, but it's, like, fuck you, I've been through worse than this, you know? Yeah. But... But the thing is, like, man, some of them, I can see it. It's like, they do feel meek. They do feel small. 
they do feel out of place and i if only i could like give them like a hint of that like self-worth that i was talking about you know like i just wish that i could help them in that way but i think just being who i am and being there for them is like enough you know well you know what's fucked up is what is what do they say like one percent of the population you know joins the military yeah Okay, so if that's the if that's the fa- you know if that's the case, one percent of people join the military. Now, if you know a few of those one percent happen to be gay, and people are giving you know you guys shit about it, be like, you know, to me it's like fuck you. Like they raised their hand, like they volunteered, like yeah. especially like you know like civilians, you know, like giving shit, you know, about gay people in the military. Be like, bro, did you join? No, they did. So go fuck yourself. Right. Yeah. Like, and you have no idea how it is or what's going on, you know? And it's like, you know, we're not like changing totally at work anyway. And it's not like every guy I meet is hot anyway. So it's like, what if you focus so much on my sexuality, it's like, you're thinking about my sexuality more than I am. Like, yeah, you need, yeah. You need to it out, That's a good you know? point. <laughs> And anyway, so, because like, yo, and seriously, you know, the military is such a guys club, you know, to yeah. me, you guys are included anyway. So if we're at the gym getting changed, I'm not like, I'm not making, you know, taking it out of my way to like, that you know, in the same role of lockers. Like it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. I've, I've so seen fun. a gay dude. I, I mean, I've seen a naked guy before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, man. And like, there's, there's a couple there's something I kind of want to hit on in the sense of since I am the first like gay dude you've had, you know? So there's been two kind of situations in my career that really stand out to me. When it comes to me being gay. Right. So one of them was this Colonel, like I said, I'd worked up at the wing before. Um, <clears throat> won't say his name. He was there really late one day. It was like, it was a Friday. It was like 7 p.m. I was there like pushing out bullshit, you know? And like the only time I can focus is that late on Friday when everyone's gone. And he walks out and he's like, you know, I'm I'm like, hey, you know, Colonel, what are you doing here? And he said, I'm kind of wanting to talk to you. So I waited out. Um, and I kind of don't want to go home because I have a situation I want to talk to you about. And I was like, okay. And he said, you know, you're openly gay, you're in the military, and I respect that. I love you. I need your help. So my son is 12, and last night he told me that he's gay. And I said, okay, yeah. And he said, oh, that's it. Like, what do you mean that's it? So, like, what do you need help with? And he's like, Danny, I don't know how to, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle that. I don't know how to like raise my son. I don't know how to talk to him. And I'm like, Colonel, when I was 12, okay, at the time I was 27. And I'm like, I'm 27. I still haven't had an honest conversation with my dad about who I am. Your son's 12. You clearly know how to raise him and how to talk to him. Like, you don't have to change anything. You're already doing it if he came to you with that. 
And yeah, it was just, true. it was such a cool fucking moment for me because it was like, okay, maybe who I am can't help other people. I'm not just like, it's not necessarily like a pariah thing. Like maybe I can be like somewhat of a pillar for people if I'm doing a good job, you know? And like just me doing a good job at work is going to help some 12 year old at home because his dad can kind of see like, okay, there's hope for my gay son. He's not going to get AIDS and die because he's gay. Like he can be somebody. Yes. Cause people still think that <laughs> it's, it's wild. It's wild, but people still think that, you know? Yeah, and, and like, I, you know what? And I just look at like the the whole AIDS thing. I'm like, Magic Johnson's still alive. <laughs> like, we're, yeah. we're good. Isn't the '80s anymore. Like, we know what we're doing, you know. And like, the second kind of key, like thing that's happened to me in my career, in regards to me being gay, there was. So when I went to Korea, there's this dude I was taking over for, and he's, yeah, he's a straight dude. All American, great guy, love him, still friends. Because last weekend he gets, you know, real drunk and he leans over and he's like, you know, even though I didn't like you at first, I probably won't like any other gay people I ever meet. I actually care about you. I think you're cool and I'm glad I met you. Well, dude has like a bunch of kids, right? And I was like, you know what? Let me give you like a little piece of advice. Because I knew that about my dad and my mom, actually. I knew that about my parents growing up. So they didn't know who I was for most of my life still. They had no idea who I was. Because I knew that's how they felt. So I told them, like, dude, the only piece of advice I'm going to like leave you with is... If you feel that strongly, don't let your kids know. Because you have so many young kids. And I'm telling you, I knew when I was like, my earliest memories, like four years old, my earliest memories, I knew. It, don't let your kids know that you feel that way. Let them be themselves. And if they decide, you know, to let you know, then you can tell them your beliefs. But if they know you feel they're never going to be comfortable with you. You're never going to know who they are. Like, they're going to keep it from you. Like, I, and it, it holds true, dude. Like, people are so loud about how against gay or whatever, whatever the demographic it is or whatever. It's like, dude, your kids aren't dumb. They're seeing you talk like that. And you don't know what your kids are because they don't know what they are. Now, I know a lot of people can hear this and kind of think, like, what's going on in the States, especially right now? that I kind of back that kind of stuff up. I don't like, I see kids wearing rainbow flags and I think they're too young for that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like the direction we're going in. I'm still like sex changes at like really young ages and stuff like that. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is it takes kids time to figure out who they are. And if from their first memories, you're saying like, you need to be in this lane and this lane only, trust before you ever gain it yeah so um <clears throat> hopefully this doesn't sound messed up yeah. because it because it really doesn't but i only i think in my 12 years we only like me and my buddies 
we, you know, we had a, uh, a group of friends and uh, one of them, you know, we were 99% sure. He was gay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But he didn't say it. So we never asked because we didn't want, you know, because he was one of us. And, yeah. And I feel like that's the military, like part of the military is, especially, you know, like, I don't know if this could pertain to you, but if you had a group of friends and, you know, say, you know, say your close friends, they did know. You know, and, you know, we would bust our buddies' balls about it, but it, yeah. it was just, it was us. So it was like, yo, you know, like, you know, because, you know, in the military, everybody comes from, you know, every walk of life. So you find that one thing, whether they're a redneck yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah. they're Mexican or something or like, yep. you know, just some, or they're ginger. You find <laughs> that one thing about your buddy and you bust their balls about it. Yeah. So we would do that with this guy. And he knew that, you know, like he probably knew that we knew, but because, you know, he was one of us, we protected him. So it was like, you know, we can bust your balls, but if we're out at the club and someone's fucking with you, game over. Like it's on, like we got your back to the end. Yeah, man. I, I agree with that. That's been my experience in the sense of like, I have never, when it comes to my peers and like, I've never had a problem making friends like other airmen always treated me the same. And, you know, it's like, it was the system that I had to fight a couple times, well, twice, you know, but the people in everyday life, I really haven't had issues, man. I, I, maybe people say stuff behind my back or I'd hear things here and there, but I've never on its face directly with somebody had anyone ever disrespect me. Or anything like that. I've had a good yeah. time. And to be honest, like it's the system for for um for us too. Because you know, yeah, like yeah. It's like, you know, like yeah, you know, like our buddy is gay. But you know, you know, we can't say anything about him or you know, we can't, you know, bust his chops in front of people because he's gonna get fucking into trouble and it's gonna be our fault. And you know, we don't want our friend to get yeah. screwed over because of something stupid we said because you know, we know him. Yeah. So it's like both ways, you know, it's like a double-edged sword. Like, you know, we can't, we can't let it out about our buddy. And, yeah. you know, we got to make sure he doesn't let it out. Dude. And the thing also, like, I want to be clear about everything I kind of went through. And a lot of people use the term victim blaming, but like, honestly, I put myself in both those situations. Like, I take responsibility for, like, those things happened because I did a dumbass thing, you know? And it's, like, I had responsibility in that. I had responsibility in the way things, like, went forward. So, it's, like, those were experiences I had. And, yeah, I had to fight the system at those times. But I don't want anyone to ever think, like, ever hear me talk and think, like, I sound like I'm trying to be a victim because I'm not. Dude, I could have helped myself in all these situations. It's just... It's and like you said, it's the same system. I have plenty of friends. I actually supervised one of my buddies that I'm good friends with now. He's over at Yakota um, Morales. He was I was one of his first supervisors. He went through this whole thing with the sexual assault with this girl, and it was the same system. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like what was me because I'm the gay guy. Like that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I had to fight the system, and it was in from the perspective of a gay guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, not complaining about it. 
Hey, before we get out of here, yeah, yeah, because I know, because I know you know Sharky. Um, come on, man, you're you're a gay dude. You got gay radar. Sharky's gay, isn't he? <laughs> dude, uh, that's how we became friends. He was hitting on me pretty hard. I know he's listening. I know he's listening to this episode. <laughs> Sharky, you're not fooling anybody, bud. If if I wasn't scared of Sarah, I might agree, but she's scarier than he is. She is scary, dude. <laughs> I fucking love her. Because we all, you know, me, me, him, and her, we always go back and forth on Facebook and stuff, like especially like in the comment section and shit. And she's she, dude, she's always more harsh than he is. Dude, she's tough. I don't, uh, yeah, she's tough. If one of them is gonna get murdered, it's him, not her. hundred oh, <laughs> percent. <laughs> Oh man, yo. So, um, as we wrap this up, I always, uh, I always end uh, every episode with a round of uh, bonus questions. So, uh, to your to your best ability, um, I'm gonna fire up some questions. All right. Just give me your best answer, okay? Okay. First thing that comes to my head. Okay. So one of these has got to go: rock, hip hop, or country. Fuck. Rock. Ooh, you're the first person to say that. Yeah, I I mean, I'm a hip-hopper, and there's too much country that I... Yeah, yeah, rock. Man, okay, okay, okay. So, you're plucked into the Game of Thrones universe. Do you think you could survive it? (laughs) Yes. I mean, there's obviously a lot of things that run through my head, like... Whose side am I on? Do I have any of the powers? But I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah, I always think, okay, if I get plucked in the Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones universe, am I just getting dropped in the woods and I'm gonna get raped? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my first fucking thought all the time is she could have stopped all of that from happening if she used the damn dragons. Like, don't even get me started on that last season, bro. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, they, they ruined the greatest show of all time in yeah, six dude. episodes. I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? Uh, yay. But only in the combination of pineapple, pepperoni, and that's it. Nothing else on it. Okay. See, I'm, the, I'm, I'm weird with that. Like, I love pineapple on pizza. I just don't love, like, ham on it. Like, don't yeah, give yeah. me the ham. Just give me the pineapple. Try pineapple and pepperoni. Just those two. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, name a pet peeve you have. I hate hearing people crunch. Slurp or chew. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, man, it's like, it's up there, man. I... Dude, dude, one of mine is uh, when you're at the movies and you hear somebody opening up a bag of candy. Oh, my God. And it's like 20 minutes. Like, bro, get it open. Wait, why do I get these questions? I'm getting pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Fuck. um, Okay. um, Here's a good one. You could pick one historical figure to survive the zombie apocalypse. Who was that? One historical figure. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> I really it takes, don't it takes people a couple seconds to be like damn I don't know fucking Abe well, Lincoln 
Yeah. Okay. So that was my, yeah, Abe Lincoln. And you know, yeah, Abe Lincoln. I don't know why either. Hey, man, tall guys can fight. Yeah, I guess Abe Lincoln, yeah. (laughs) Weird, because it was, I mean, it was in my head, but then I thought, like, that's a weird one. Don't say it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you've heard that on an episode? No, no, no. It was just in my head, and and then you said it, and I was like, okay, yeah, I guess it's kind of normal. Yeah. All right, uh, last one. What's your favorite Tarantino movie? Oh, jeez. Uh, probably the Kill Bills. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. Those are classics. Yeah, maybe the Kill Bills. Like, yep, Kill Bill. Yeah, Kill Bills. All right, man. Well, uh, dude, I, I dude, I appreciate the shit of you doing this for me. Yeah, Come yeah. Yeah, let me know um, when it's up so I can listen to it. And- <laughs> I wish we could put all the attempts on there with the stupid Wi-Fi that I've got. No, I know. You know what, dude? Like <laughs> when we started over, it's when you hear it. When I, you, it, it's gonna sound good. It's yeah. just that 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 first five minutes, it was like you know, it was coming off like real electronic. Yeah. And I yeah, think, I, I think, honestly, I think it was. It's just you know because you're in Japan right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I'll always take these. So if you need a, a guest later on or something, hit me up. I, oh, I love these kind of things. Bro, I tell everybody, I was like, once I run out of friends on my list, I'm going to circle back to the other guests. So <laughs> I'm going I'm, I'm yeah. to hit you up again. See where I'm at in like 10 years, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. Sorry. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, you too. Bye-bye. All right. All right.